Go. All right, everybody. Welcome to week two. This is Hacked History. Once again, my name is Lucas. Are we going through this again? Of course we are. Yeah, Jake. Yeah, your name is Jake, and now you're also prick. <laughs> Where's my state farm? Where is it? Jake, what's your favorite... I'm going off script here. What's your favorite history... Uh, what's your favorite Disney movie? What's your favorite Disney movie? Your favorite Disney movie? Oh, man. <laughs> I think Atlantis is pretty dope. Atlantis. I don't know if you saw that one, but it's... I haven't not, seen that. Not Atlantis. It's Atlantis, but, you know... <laughs> not Atlantis? It's, a, it's not Bomber? It's not Bomber? It's not Bomber. Where'd the money go? I don't know. Here's the thing that, like... Uh, the, the weird thing is, if you think about it, technically, you could name any Disney or Star Wars movie right now, and you wouldn't be technically wrong. Oh, you're right. That could be your favorite Disney movie. Mm-hmm. It's weird to think about, isn't it? Uh-huh. Well, there is one. What's that you'd be a little sketchy about, but... Song of the South is a bit of a... Oh, we're going to talk about that. Yeah, we are, aren't we? Mm-hmm. Oh, boy! Strap yourselves in now. So the real question is... How many times are we going to get sued off this episode? Oh, we're going to get sued so hard, but I don't care. Come at me, bro. So, if nobody guessed it, uh, our topic this week is Walt Disney. Oh, yeah. He absolutely is. Excuse me why I eat a sandwich. At least I'm having more success than you, because before we even started recording, Lucas threw ha- almost half a box of Alfredo on his couch and himself. But he's good now. So. For the record, I saved almost all of that. You know <laughs> I'd what? say, for the record. <laughs> for the record. Just in um, case you need to audit me later. <laughs> Okay. okay, I think we should get into it. Right. So, Walt Disney. All right, so, um, this one, let's start. Walt Disney, he is born December 5th, 1901 in Chicago. He's died December 15th, 1966 in the Burbank, California. It's actually a nice place to die, to be honest. Uh, he was born to parents Elias Disney and Flora Call, and he was four of the five children they had, so... Walt is known for... You mean he was the fourth of five children? Yeah, he was the fourth. Because he himself what? is not four people. <laughs> maybe he is. Maybe he's, he's like... Maybe people. he's a little bit like Fight Club where all of it's in his head. You just don't talk about it, Jake. We don't I know. Well, Fight guess Club. what? I'm fucking breaking that first rule, am I? don't Fight Club. At me, bro. Move past Fight Club. <laughs> Move past Abraham Lincoln's Fight Club. All right. Anyway. So, Disney, obviously, if you've ever looked at a television of any kind and or noticed that almost all of our collective art from our childhood is now bought by this company he was famous for well creating cartoon characters because he was an animator so he did mickey mouse and donald duck and then goofy which is kind of like the the ringo of that group (laughs) donald duck is the strikes back of the can't just move past the fact that you just called Goofy the Ringo. Of- <laughs> Look, I have a great respect for Ringo. I don't know what other people's problem is, but just that's going to connect with you out there in Radioland. <laughs> yeah, on the internet. On the interwebs. It's going right. to be on the, inter- <laughs> the internet. As I used to say, on the internet before things were cool. Um, And then obviously on top of that, because Disney's his namesake, he's known for founding one of the most important animation, film, and entertainment companies, which is Walt Disney Productions, which is, like, now, like, the most terrifying, like, entertainment group ever because they are so big. They literally own the world at this point? Pretty much. Like, I'm, I'm fairly certain they own my firstborn child and my right kidney. And you know what? Some of us are... Most of us are semi-okay with that because we get Disney+. Plus. Hey! <laughs> it's, it makes everything better! <laughs> 
we're all like you're all gonna be like through through some contract like an iTunes agreement you have never read it. I am oh, contractually right obligated to work at a Disney store when I am ninety three if I get there. Hey, I'll tell you what, I give my give my right kidney and I'll punch in I'll punch on the clock if I get to see the next oh. Star Wars movie in two months. <laughs> Is there another one coming in? No, I'm not sure. There's a new Indiana Jones one. I don't know how they're there is. Harrison Ford's heard. coming back. I don't know how. He almost died. Harrison Ford's not worried about it. He's coming back. I mean, he's never going to die. He's like Mick Jagger, only better. He's like Mick Jagger, only better. I, I mean, Mick it. Jagger's pretty okay. I mean, that's a man. Uh, no, well, Keith Moon take hard track the Lazarus and died. Anyway, uh, we're back to Disney. <laughs> so, Walt Disney started art. Nice rhyme there. Comes when he starts working for a as a school newspaper cartoonist while he's at the McKinney High School in Kansas. Uh, and fast forward to World War One, there he wanted to enter into the army, but he wasn't old enough to. So <laughs> he then did it again, the second try here, lied about his age to the Red Cross, and then they just sent him over to Germany to drive ambulances after the war. So after 1919, he comes back and he's looking for work. So his brother Roy Disney, who's like the, like we forget about Roy. So as far as I was concerned, Roy didn't hate Jews. <laughs> good for Roy, that's a good thing. Good though. for Roy. Roy's Roy's an upstanding. He's still alive. I'm pretty I'm, sure. I'm, uh, I'm going to limb here and say I also don't hate Jews. I know you don't. You're also not like Walt Disney. I'm not Walt Disney. You're right. You're also not part of the MPA. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Movie Producers Association. Oh shit. <laughs> okay, <laughs> it was a weird laugh. All right. Anywho, so he finally, this is sort of where a lot of people started to think about him as, like, the success story of America here, because he starts his first studio, which is called Laughograph Films, and he basically just does shorts of populated stories, or popular stories, populated stories, Jesus, I can't English, animated shorts of popular stories. <laughs> Damn, you had a stroke there. All right. Please don't do that. I really wouldn't want to. Uh, at which point in time, actually, Laughograph went under because they didn't have enough money. So they weren't... They were putting in more money than they were getting out of them. Can we take... I, I just forgot to mention this when we were, uh, were in World War One, yeah. But uh, I believe it is true that Ray Kroc and Walt Disney knew each other when they when they, when they were in the war. They, like, they served, they served in, the same, uh, in the same area, and they were both ambulance drivers, if I remember right. It's entirely possible. Yeah, I, by that, I think... That is true because I have read a biography of Ray Kroc, who said that he knew Walt Disney through that, which was bizarre. Oh my God. Yeah, that's as far as I know, that's a true and valid fact. If someone wants to point it on the interwebs, uh, and, and wants maybe to call me out and say that I'm wrong, but uh, as far as me. I can tell, that's a verifiable fact. At me and my Twitter handle. At so McDonald's and Disney were working together before they were even working massive together. companies. Yep. <laughs> That's right. God, that was awful. You know English. who else Walt Disney met in Germany in 1919? Who's that? Hitler. Oh, boy. That's not real. No, that's a lie. That's not real. That's backslash that. That ain't happened. All right. Jake, we're about real history here. You're about real. None, Granted, of, your, last none year, of your fake shit. Last year, we talked about silk, all silk Lamborghinis, so I don't oh, really know. Last year? No, last week. Okay. Last week, we <laughs> talked about all silk oh, Lamborghinis. Can we go back to all silk Lamborghinis? <laughs> Again, no. that's like the most gross interior. Anyway. Check that out. It's going to be on our website. Like, we're going to sell one. Yeah. Just kidding. We're not. Like a t-shirt right there. T-shirt. All silk Lambo. <laughs> we're going to sell an all silk Lambo. <laughs> it don't drive for shit, but it looks real nice and you can mm -hmm. sleep in it. Okay. It's basically a classy tent. Yeah. <laughs> it's a classy... It's a douchey classy tent. <laughs> it's loud as hell. It's got like a V8 engine in there, but you just like... 
You can never leaves the parking lot. You just rev it. Turn on the light. You just hit the gas pedal. It's. I right. to turn on the light. You just hit the gas pedal. <laughs> I love the contraption of this vehicle. Anyway, it's slightly more probable than the Cybertruck. Come on, Elon Musk. Yeah, that thing was a. It was ugly. It's. Yeah, it's unugly. No, no offense, Elon. I know you want to go space, buddy. It's okay. Hey, Disney though. Disney. But Disney. <laughs> <laughs> and you'll never beat Disney. You're, they're they're the older sibling for Elon Musk. You just can't get better of. All right, so uh, Laughograph goes under, and then he sets up his own studio, and that's why a lot of people kind of appeal to Walt Disney's sense of like starting from nothing and, and becoming major, kind mm-hmm. of like uh, mm-hmm. the Wright brothers, because he starts in his uncle's garage, and then he entrusts all the financial stuff to his brother Roy, who had basically been helping him get jobs. And they call themselves the Disney Brothers Studios. Um, and up until that point, they were basically kind of doing small stuff. They were still really, really, like, nobody knew who they were. And then he creates that star cartoon character, Mickey Mouse, in 1928, which I thought premiered at Steamboat Willie in the... In a, Did he? I believe so. But it may have been... It probably came from various different stuff and was that before Disney, but I'm pretty sure that it started as Steamboat Willie and then became Mickey Mouse, like, overall. So he goes on oh, with... the character's name, you mean? That's what he Yeah, used. yeah, I think that was the name originally and then it was the other one, unless it was the name of the short. To be sure. honest, you know, I've got a life outside. You know, life outside of doing this? No. You don't, you don't devote every second of your day I don't. to researching for this podcast? Yeah. Wow. I, I was up at the university library. That's a lie. Our university's closed. <laughs> it's funny because they're like, no, you can come in. <laughs> Why? I guess nobody shows up anywhere. Oh, gosh. Ooh. Anywho. So, Disney goes on to continue making a lot of short movies, and then he starts doing the full-length feature films. So, Snow White and the Seven Dwarves, which is one that most people have seen in their childhood, if you're an American, <laughs> placing that slightly ethnographic statement in there. He, they were afraid that was actually going to fail, and it made six times what they put into it. Wow. That's, like, unheard of for a film, I'm pretty sure. Unless, like, I mean, there are films out there probably that now pass it, but one film. That's ridiculous. I mean, there are more recent examples like that. Like, I think the, the first Paranormal Activity film Ooh, was yeah. shot on, like, a $1 million budget, but they made, like, $100 million off of it or something like that. God. Just fucking and, ridiculous. And then they've made the bastard sons of every Paranormal Activity movie since then. <laughs> Paranormal Activity 2, Electric Boogaloo. They made five of them in like eight years. I know, they're like Transformers movies. Huh? That's what you call uh, just uh, saturating the market. Oh yeah, that's what's up. As we know from uh, the old Dairy King of our economics, that's a monopoly right there. Right there alongside cheese and Packers and, and ice cream, <laughs> ice cream, milk and milk and beer. He's like, God, man. I think he was just trying to pander to us. I, I, mean, I, I it was a Midwestern reference. I, I love it. Was like he might as well have come up to the front of the podium and just said like Wisconsin things, old fashions, supper clubs, ice fishing, <laughs> just like what? Uh, this is the man from the East Coast who's like trying to get. He's probably from like the Upper New York area, who's trying to understand what's going on. And God bless him, because you know what? He won our affection as people. Me, okay. there in the front row. Anyway, my life is sad. So Walt Disney made Mickey Mouse. Yeah, so he made Mickey Mouse, and he does Snow White, which is, like I said, a huge financial success. And then, as time goes on to the Second World War, Disney and his studios 
we're kind of feeling a bit of a pinch now because war mm-hmm. hit America and everything that was spending now was being I pushed I think I towards... know what happens next. <laughs> Do you? Do they start making movies for the government? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes! <laughs> so they started creating some real bangers. I, I mean, they've made... I, and if you want to know... Out there. The great thing is all of these are, like, almost all of them are on YouTube. Oh, you they can... are. All of them are on YouTube. Because they're technically considered to be educational. Yep, you can go watch all these propaganda films. One of my favorites is Dare Fear's Face. With Daffy, oh or gosh, with Donald yes. Duck. Where he's the, the the Nazi working in the munitions plant. Oh, and he slowly turns into an ally because he realizes Nazism isn't any good. He wakes up and it's a dream, remember? He wakes oh, up yeah. and he's in America yeah. and it's all a dream. God and bless he's, America! He's about to hide, then he stops because he really doesn't have to do it. And now you can do that in this country anyway. Because <laughs> oh, apparently we've forgotten what we're all about. Anyway, uh, Commando Duck was another one. That's another Donald Duck one. And then Education for Death, The Making of a Nazi. That one is actually, like, not even a, uh, like, it doesn't even include the cast of, because Mickey Mouse, I don't even think was in any of them. No, I don't think Mickey was in any of them. No, it was Donald Duck, and that was it. It was surprising. So that was Donald's time to shine. He's, he's, like, because Goofy's the Ringo, but Donald Duck is, like, the George Harrison with his, like, short-lived, like, because he's, like... Do you think Walt Disney did them on purpose, where he didn't use Mickey in them because he didn't want to, like, sully the character's reputation? I don't know, to be honest, because a lot of people used to say Not that, that sully- Mickey's character was, like, the caricature of, like, a Jewish person, but I, I never saw it. Huh. I mean, I, I'm, I'm not, not I, even, like, being stupid, and I literally never saw it. No, I never saw it either. And, uh, I mean, like, Yes, because every Jew looks like a mouse. I mean, if you go back to... Sarcasm. If you go back to Nazi propaganda films... Um, one of the way, the reasons someone might have went to that is because uh, often big Jews were portrayed as rats or with or, big noses or with yeah. big noses. So yes, they, yeah, uh, I think that I, was... I don't necessarily agree with their point of saying Mickey Mouse is a, a Jewish caricature, but I can see, excuse me, I can see how people would uh, get that. Yeah, that. see, that's where I was kind of at because I was like, well, you can say that it is. Maybe they're saying it through hindsight after the war. Right, now that you know that the Nazis did that. But, like, at the time, I'm I'm pretty sure most Americans did not see Mickey Mouse as a caricature of a, of a Jewish person. No, um... Because that probably wasn't the first thing on their minds. No, and honestly, uh, weirdly enough, if you go out there and look at World War II propaganda, the thing you'll see the most is actually caricatures of uh, Japanese people. Oh, that's bad. Oh, um, oh, that's rough. Oh, they're really bad. And, oh, uh, yeah, but the goal there was, you know, they were the U.S. I think you, you'll see more of those. And my hypothesis is because the U.S. knew that they kind of had to convince the American people that internment was the right thing to do. Well, so to do that, they had to demonize the crap out of Japanese people, even Japanese Americans, to get people to think there was a real threat here so they could justify basically just throwing every Japanese American into a camp. Well, uh, and that's probably one of the reasons, right? And the government deep down is like, oh, uh, yeah, no, we don't want you. But um, like one of the things, too, that probably made for them to try to sully, like, Japanese people was, like, an easy way of getting Americans all fired up to go and fight them. Oh, right? yeah. If but... you really want to make – and this was probably – this is a basic strategy, right? It, it depends on the kind of society you live in and the people you are. So I'm not saying everybody does this, but, you know, yes, America gets attacked, and yes, the Japanese do do it, 
But then on top of that, they couldn't just say, we're fighting the Japanese. You gotta be, we're going to make these racist caricatures of them. Oh, uh, well. And, and, and it, I think it just, for them, it really flared people's attitudes. It's, it's a common propaganda technique, but I just mean that, like, if you look at, like, the Germans were never portrayed in such a way uh, to, the, well, to that extent. That's true, right? Um, but doesn't is, that, because they're white people, that's same True, way. but I, that might be part of the reason. I'm just saying, but part of the reason might be, like, because you could argue that we would have to make some sort of an effort to the same level to sort of uh, get us over to fight the German people, yeah. but you don't see that uh, in as much of a in as much of a way. So yeah, it it it's interesting. But, it, yeah, and we could hypothesize forever, mm-hmm. right? Because in the end, the, the Germans, you know, Germany, you try and hard, God love you, but you all still got some stuff to work out. Actually, they they're doing okay. For a country that committed a mass genocide, they've actually, unlike Japan, they have actually said we're sorry as much as they can. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so you, in this culture, you have Walt Disney essentially making wartime propaganda. Yeah. So, uh, what was next? And, uh, in, in the Cold War, after he died, they were then, they started hammering, especially in the 50s, they hammered down a lot of the anti-communist stuff a little bit, but they really didn't get too much into that, because... Walt was looking more to be, like, a family-friendly kind of person by mm-hmm. that point in time. Like, kind of like every YouTuber ever, they want to be family-friendly for the kids, <laughs> which includes, you know, like, clickbait shots of a woman in underwear. But anyway. That's not family-friendly. It's not family-friendly, so YouTubers take note. Don't dick around like that, okay? <laughs> or Jeremy Henson will parachute into your backyard. Oh, no. Yeah. You... Would you like to take a seat? Is that Chris Hansen? Did I say Jeremy Hansen? You just said Jeremy. Who's Jeremy Hansen? I don't know. Is that Chris's brother? It's, it's Chris's cousin. It's Chris's cousin. It's his, it's his alter ego he's been chasing for years. The stunt double. When Chris, <laughs> it's a stunt. When Chris doesn't want to show up to work, Jeremy shows up. I'd love it if if To Catch a Predator had a stunt double, kind of like a like a rope stunt double where he just gets thrown through a wall. Oh, no. Sure, Sir, he's running! <laughs> and watch him like Superman punch a Jeremy Hansen through the wall. And Jeremy comes back as Chris Hansen, just just dapper. He looks like one of the guys from Kingsman. But oh my god, oh man. Okay. Anyway, so the war is over. <laughs> that sounds so weird to say. The war is over. The war is over. <laughs> he went home with his pockets filled with gold. Anyway, uh, by the fifties though, Disney becomes that big brand synonymous. I like to say with American imperialism, <laughs> but really it's more American like. Like consumerism, uh, American you know, pop culture. Like, pop culture, yeah, basically. I say imperialism because then it started to become a worldwide thing. Okay. And they, um, like, America kind of used that to their benefit, right? By by kind of flooding other countries with American pop star, pop icons, and, and cartoons stuff like that. People were starting to think more like what an American company would want you to think, and people do it. Like the modern companies do it all the time. Pretty much that's all we see on TV. And so they became introduced to the market of televisions and in, like, live-action movies, kind of, around that time. But television was really huge because, and I did this research, they used to have a TV show called Walt Disney's Wonderful World of Color back in the 60s. It's like, it, it is an acid trip of a show. I have watched them to, Jesus, I had a headache how vibrant the colors were. Boy. Like, your well, 4K TV could not handle that. I'm pretty sure it would set itself on fire. <laughs> well, you see, in that point in time, you know, with the advent of color television just becoming, like, um, sort of, like, a thing back then, yeah. they were probably just really trying to emphasize, like... Oh, yeah, that was the whole point. They are right? like, oh, my 
gosh, look at all these beautiful colors you couldn't see. That's what I'm saying, right? It's like you, you, it's just so bizarre to see now because yeah, you have these like photorealistic televisions, but like grainy 720p footage of a 1960s television show of Walt Disney where I'm like, oh God. (laughs) It's like being drunk and watching the sledgehammer music video. Okay, so pivot to more television. Um, (laughs) Thank you for bringing me back. You're welcome. Anyway. Uh, at which point in time, right, he's becoming popular in America's living rooms. By the 50s, right, you have that baby, ba- that, nah, words, baby boomer culture that's got sure. all of the houses, right, and they all want to have the TV, and they all want to have a uh-huh. two-car garage. And so, um, that was huge, because at that point in time, you basically just pointed from the studio right to the home, rather than having people come to the movie theaters. At which point in time he builds Disneyland and he completes Disneyland in 1955. And up until that point in time, right, he's running success. He's still in charge of the company until around 1966 when he dies of a cardiorespiratory arrest. Okay. Which I assume was something maybe to do with maybe pneumonia and then there was a heart attack involved because that's what cardio means. But that is more or less the semi-short, semi-long overpupil at Disney. Sure. Um... So, uh, I think we did a really good job covering his life. Um, so, it's sort of that uh, seminal ranks to riches sort of thing. Yeah. that um, The ultimate American success story, really. Okay. Now, <laughs> it would, uh, no, it, I'm saying, but it wouldn't be our show uh, if we didn't sort of point out some of the, uh, let's say, just more, uh, well... Basically, if you study history long enough, you'll learn that even the best people always have some sort of yeah. drawback to them in some way, shape, or form. So, and that and that brings us sort of to our misconceptions, and the last one that we have is the big one. So that's our anchor right there. We'll start with number one though, because I think a lot of people like this one. It's that he was cryogenically frozen after his death. So, <laughs> so. Uh, so, we, oh, is that true or false, Jake? That's false. Apparently they said they cremated him. They said it's just so persistent. This is this is for real. The, the family opened a Walt Disney Family Museum to shut people up. Oh, no. Because people would email them and fax them because it was the 90s. And, um, oh, and like, call them and say, is your dad dead and is he living under or is he buried somewhere in disneyland oh my goodness at like three in the morning i would just say no or i would just dig in right with it even though i'm that's kind of immoral i would go with the joke and say yeah go out there and find him and just you know oh no they're never gonna find him but so he's not frozen yeah no he's not that's a classic myth then yeah that is that is your average myth Reading into that, though, number two here on the list, and I think my favorite, is the fact that people said he was buried, like cryogenically frozen, and they buried him beneath the Pirates of the Caribbean ride, <laughs> which I love the concept of, because you have him, like, as part of the set piece with, like, the robots, <laughs> which just, like, burn, a weekend at Bernie's Walt Disney's oh corpse to sit in a chair, and some poor guy's got to, like, sit there and have him wave at him from down on the ride, like... God. See, and the, the problem with that theory is that when he died, Pirates of the Caribbean was... Didn't exist. Did not exist. It not didn't exist. <laughs> I like love that 30 part. 30 to 40 years off. <laughs> plus. And He's right there alongside Johnny Depp's robot <laughs> sitting there. Oh, God. Someone in 1966 would have been like, 
We're gonna bury him under the Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> we've we've layered off this Pirates of the. We're just like Star Wars with Shut our up, episode Stuart, five counting. <laughs> Shout you out you to don't Stuart. know anything, Stuart. Stuart, <laughs> Stuart from accounting got railed in that meeting, <laughs> where it was just like, you know what we're gonna do? We're gonna create Pirates of the Caribbean. Okay, hear me out. And then we're gonna bury Walt under Pirates of the Caribbean. All right, but we're gonna have this ride be so big. <laughs> based on a movie 30 years from now and Stuart from accounting was like that seems stupid and everybody just shot him this look like shut up Stuart this is what we're going with who does the budget you or me uh me I'm saying no and that's why it lasted as long as it did <laughs> so oh, no. shout out to Stuart from accounting <laughs> that story is entirely false by the way well but he's, he's like a folk legend in American history <laughs> we're gonna have a spot for Monroe about Rushmore oh my god <laughs> All right, hashtag S. Stewart from accounting. Hashtag S. That should be on our Twitter fall. <laughs> so yeah, he he's not. Uh, they said he was. They when they cremated him, they placed his ashes in Glendale. So don't go looking for him under there, because I'm pretty sure you'll get arrested. But Probably you know, just a bit. Just a teensy bit. For a hot minute, maybe. Yeah, I don't know if you've ever been semi-arrested by a guard wearing um a Mickey Mouse getup. It's hard I'm to take not. that man seriously. It really is. Because I, I once went to Disneyland and somebody apparently tried to climb the, uh, oh, God, what is it? The roller coaster ride there. Uh, oh, God. It, whatever it is, it'll come to me when it doesn't matter anymore. But uh, they, they arrested him. And the guy has, like, this giant golden Mickey Mouse head patch on his <laughs> like, jacket. I, like, I couldn't take him seriously while I'm watching him drag this guy away because he was so drunk. But God bless. Anywho. So, um, we're, we're going to go through the lull here of non-funny. Um, people, a lot of people think that Walt created the Mickey Mouse character on his own. So, even though I kind of said that in the thing, that's not entirely true. It, Disney came up with the idea of Mickey Mouse. Sure. But the character's actual design came from a guy that Walt worked with called Ob It Works. It's called U-B-I-W-E-R-K-S. It sounds like an, like an EDM DJ of some kind, uh, but <laughs> apparently, so that's the guy who actually created the design. Okay. Fun fact, everybody, <laughs> I should have like a party popper out in the corner or like a slide whistle. Air horn. <laughs> that we can put in post-production. I like that. Is that Mickey's original name was Mortimer Mouse. <laughs> Mortimer. Like a freaking Amish mouse. I love it. Justin Jebediah Mouse. Mordecai. Mordecai Mouse. Mordecai Mouse. Mordecai just comes up on the screen and goes, I don't believe in your devil technology. Walks his ass right off the stage. Uh, it wouldn't really have any movies. He'd just leave. No, you'd just be a blank screen with him, like, shunning you for your use of technology the whole time. I'm going to go churn some butter. Oh, <laughs> I'm going to I'm gonna watch my wife churn thine butter. Anyway. Oh, no. Oh, what do you mean, oh, no? Don't you... Okay, oh. I, I will say that, no disrespect to the Amish last time. I love time. the Amish. They're great. No, they are great. Oh, uh, man. And uh, I know we had a little fun there, but... Uh, All right, everybody, we're going to be serious. If you, no, All right, Damon Wayne's. If you are Amish... Cool. Good for you. Number two, if you are Amish, what are you doing on YouTube, my friend? <laughs> if this is Don't you if call this is out for that, <laughs> if this is Rumspringa, more power to you. All right, but do what you need to do. It's okay. Any, okay. any, but God bless America. All right, here's the big one. 
This is the big, big one. And everybody's waiting for it. We could have a drum roll, we would, but I don't, so shut up. <laughs> All right? I'm a doctor, not a miracle worker. Well, you, you I'm neither of those things, really. just tell the people what this is, or we yeah. keep... I will, Dad, if you <laughs> fucking stop. Okay, that's the huge one, is that, well, there's these openly anti-Semite. Yeah, that's, so, the the whole thing about that, I mean, we either, if anybody's ever watched Family Guy, right, they make constant jokes about that. Walt yep. Disney hating Jews. As a lot of people believe that Walt Disney loved Hitler, hated Jews. Oh, buddy. Um. So, actually, what happened here is that it is a misconception because it's two ways though so i'm not going to say that they're wrong because it gets a little complicated anybody who knows history knows right it's not always black and white there's Mm -hmm. little shades of gray in the middle some would say 50 shades of gray but with a lot less spanking and uh in, in movies that suck but um the idea here was that that misconception a lot of people looked at him after his death and they noticed that he was a founding member of the motion picture alliance which is MPA, so that that's like a huge thing because it's still in operation now. And they basically like sort of would screen directors' movies and like ideas for movies. The problem with that was that him being a founding member of the MPA, a lot of the members of that organization were anti-Semitic privately. So a lot of people were led to believe that, well, if they're hating Jews, so does Walt, right? Now, again, publicly, there's nothing to state that he did because... Disney would have somebody's head if they found out. But, um, two, there was uh, issues with a rivalry for the head of the Screen Cartoonist Guild, who was Jewish. And they tasseled the whole time. Like, there was a strike at one point in time from the people who were part of the guild in his, like, studio back in, like, the early 50s. And apparently the, this Jewish guy who was the leader was heckling Walt. Walt almost got out of his car and beat this guy's ass. Like, they literally had to keep the two guys from fighting each other. Oh That's gosh. a for real story. Um, additionally, you know, fun times ahead. Uh, <laughs> Walt also cooperated with the um, Committee on Un-American Activities. Oh. Ratting out a lot of people who oh, were believed to be man. communists. Good old Joe McCarthy. Our boy Joe. Yo, our boy Joe. Represent Wisconsin. You piece of shit. Um, uh Ah, uh, well... Joseph no. McCarthy. Oh, this, that sounds like a man who's about to fall asleep right there. No, that's just disgust. Uh, that's disgust right that's there. Disgust says the man who did a paper on him. I'm well aware. Yeah, yeah you that's, did. That's I'm well aware. That like was... you forgot that you'd done a paper well, at some point in time. Yes, I I did do that. Oh, yeah, that was me. I... <laughs> oh, was that me? No, I'll tell you, I wrote my socials about that. Paper. Yeah, um, and never forget. How, okay, so the Committee on American Activities. So yeah, and, and pretty much there, there was a lot of issues because, you know, he was now seen as sort of a, a right-wing kind of character or a conservative. Sure. And a lot of people now looked at him and said that, you know, he was openly anti-Semitic, even though really there wasn't much to publicly say that there was. On the so some of that is untrue because I think just his associations a lot of people kind of said yeah well you know screw it but the, on the flip side of this right now that there are there's the bad part coming up is that there were times when his stuff did hold anti-Semitic imagery he probably privately had some anti-Semitic thoughts and he oftentimes had a really difficult time with that screen guild because. They were constantly striking, like I said. 
Mm-hmm. So when he used to, he, one of his personality traits, as people used to say, was that he, if he had his mindset on something, he was going to get it done. That was it. Right, and that's both good and bad because the people who were in that guild he used to strike were almost not exclusively Jewish, but a good number of them were. And so he used to just like probably make private statements, would be like just slurring them out because of the problems they were creating for him. Right, I mean we're not saying that they're wrong to strike. You are, you absolutely have that right. But you know, in that, you know, just those certain terms that he uses, right. That's where people probably start to see him as being semi-anti-Semitic. Uh, one of the best examples was that there is a character he did at one point in time. It was a Three Little Pigs sort of not. It was like an adaptation, but it was like a short. And the wolf is dressed in the attire of a Jewish person almost the whole time. Oh no. Yeah. So take that what you will. There is that. So, additionally, like, there's there's the imagery, and then there's also the parts where he's saying things. Right? It's, it's sort of like, you can't definitely say, like, he was or he wasn't. He probably did, right? But was it all full-blown anti-Semitism like we would think? I don't know. Well, and I think that it's important to realize that uh, during this time period, and again, this is giving no one any outs, but... Uh, We're things, looking at you. Well, okay. Here's a bombshell for most people that a lot of people don't realize when you're talking about anti-Semitic views uh, and things like eugenics and things like that. <laughs> that was also extremely popular in America, too. Oh, yeah. Uh, in fact, there were... Uh, while the Holocaust and everything was going on, there were uh, specific quotas of Jewish people the United States would accept and they wouldn't accept anymore. Mm. Uh, you know, like, it wasn't like, what I'm trying to say is, uh, the United States as a whole was not nearly as, uh, guilt-free as you might think, uh, when you learned about World War II and stuff like that. You, oh, we, yeah. Obviously, we weren't the Nazis, uh, yeah. but there were plenty of Americans who held, uh, anti-Semitic views and things like that and practiced what's called eugenics, which is basically the science of race, race racial superiority based on genetics and stuff like that, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you're better specifically because you have these things inside you, or you look a certain way. Mm-hmm. So, uh, that's an important context to realize when you're talking about someone of this time period, Yeah. Um, because the people, you know, the people of his generation were probably a lot more likely to believe something like that um, because of the situations they grew up in. Mm-hmm. Now, does that excuse him? Absolutely not. Because there are plenty of people of his generation that held none of those views. Um, so that doesn't excuse him for it, but that also explains part of why he might have felt that way. Right. It, it doesn't exactly... Yes, yeah, we're, we're not explaining away that, but we are saying that there's context to it, right? Because it, you brought up there's, you know, there's a whole slew of issues, right? Because when there was a like a ship in the 1930s that was coming over. Filled with refugees, filled with refugees, and the U.S. said no, and swung them back, and the whole boat, the entire, like, everybody on that, I think St. Louis was the name of the boat? Something like that, yeah. yeah. The whole, almost the entire crew set up, went and died in the camps, right? So it's not like we're saying, America was the best, right? Because we, we've kind of fallen into that as a society, where we sat there and kind of ignored the fact that we did have a hand in things. Yeah, um... 
Yeah. The the best way that I the way I mean that I look at patriotism in general is loving my country but realizing the faults that yeah. are there. The the true patriotism is is he's not blindly following your country. It's understanding that you love your country. We're it's like a child, right? You love your kid. I'm in love with what this country could be. Yeah, right. You're. It's kind of like saying you love your kid, re- like, regardless of the mistakes, but you want them to learn from their mistakes. Right. That's sort of where I see it. That's and it. we're on That's our way on. somewhat, but we've got a long distance to go. We have a, a sentient. We have a sentient Twinkie currently in the White House, but that's okay. <laughs> hey, if you like him, that's you. You know, uh, I'm not I, gonna pass judgment. I don't like him. Like, I know you don't. I'm not saying you. I'm saying to the audience out there. Oh, sure. <laughs> it's your First Amendment right. It is. All right. Your, um, your right to, to gather or whatever. So, uh, I think the, uh, is that the misconceptions? That's all of them, yep. Okay. So, this last part is usually quotes. Um, however, because I didn't think that I could find quotes that necessarily fit uh, some of the things we wanted to cover, I've kind of shifted this last part, and we're going to talk something about... Some of the instances of essentially racial scenarios and stuff like that. Just in early real Disney sketchy films. scenarios. Uh, so the first one I look at is the movie Dumbo. Uh, came out <laughs> in, in I 1941. Know um, so you know, at the whole, the concept of the movie Dumbo doesn't necessarily have a lot of issues. Um, but then it gets to the point uh, where at one point in the movie, uh, you meet a character whose literal name is. Jim Crow. Oh, my God. Uh, oh. <laughs> and, I mean, that's obvious why that's bad, or at least it should be. Uh, if you pay attention to history class, you know the Jim Crow laws are laws that explicitly tried to uh, target African Americans and essentially take away rights. It is basically like a reset up of the black codes from the pre-slavery. Yep. Or, like, not pre-slavery, but the pre-Civil well, War days. What happened was... Uh, after the Civil War with Reconstruction, uh, the South had to sort of rewrite, well, not sort of, they had to, the Confederate States had to rewrite their entire state constitutions. Oh, yeah. Uh, the issue is that they were not supervised well enough, and they started adding in these little things. Shout out to Johnson. <laughs> yeah, he yeah. didn't care. He didn't, he really didn't. Uh, not, not Lyndon Johnson. Johnson cared a Andrew lot. Andrew Johnson. Year. Andrew Johnson. For my money, we're one of the worst presidents we've ever had and ever will have. Square just in front of Andrew Jackson. Oh, man. Okay, yeah. so... He's a real winner. Uh, so Dumbo has a lot of problematic injury... Uh, injury... <laughs> imagery. <laughs> has a lot of problematic imagery. Uh, let me move on to another movie that I'm sure most people have seen. It's uh, Peter Pan. Oh! <laughs> uh, this one came out in 1953. So we went a little farther. You'd think maybe we went a little bit more progressively. Uh, the answer is no. Uh, there's a song in the movie called uh, What Makes the Red Man Red. Oh. Oh, uh, you... <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and uh, quote some of the lyrics here. Do it. Let's go. Um, so, uh, <laughs> why does he ask you how? Why does he ask you how? Once the engine didn't know oh, all the things that he know now. Oh, but man. the engine, he he sure learned a lot, and it's all from asking how. Hanamanaganda, Hanamanaganda. Uh, <laughs> like you looked at me like. <laughs> uh, she's ridiculous. It uh, is ridiculous. Like. Oh man. Uh, so obviously that those lyrics are not kosher, and neither is the song. Uh, so this is another angle where this time we're pointing out uh, Native Americans, and this is also. Sadly enough, a, a decent uh, 
decent example of sort of views toward Native Americans at this time in a lot of parts of the country. Mm-hmm. Uh, Native Americans and uh, and everybody else have kind of had a very checkered history if you through most of American history, and that's yeah. putting it mildly. Well, it's kind of like when we talked about that Christopher Columbus episode last week, and it was like they kind of treat the natives as stupid because they were considered to be backwards because they weren't white. Yeah, and the and the yeah. real irony of it is if you look at people like the French fur traders and stuff who came in and literally learned how to live off the land from the Native Americans. You're welcome, France. <laughs> and then after that, I'm laughing nervously. It's not a, it's not a real laugh. Just one of my I'm aware. But, uh, and then basically decided to, once the natives didn't have equipment, oh, we'll rent you equipment, you just, you'll just go into debt, and then every yeah. year they'll just go into more and more debt. And... It's kind of like sharecropping in a really weird way. Yeah, it really was. Not good. Mm-hmm. Um, so the three, the third of the of four movies I want to talk about, this one's uh, Aladdin. Oh. I think everybody's seen Aladdin. Oh, no. Yeah, 1992. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, we're way more progressive, right? Uh, no. Right? Not even close. Oh, crap. Uh, <laughs> one of the lines from the opening song of the movie is, where they cut off your ear if they don't like your face, it's barbaric, but hey, it's home. Are you serious? Can I see that? Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, Disney re- later removed that, so it wasn't on the, it was not on the DVD release. Oh, man. They ended up changing the line to, to something different and a lot more PC, because... Apparently they realized that that wasn't a decent, not a good decision. Oh, please. Okay, so, and I like that I looked at your bit there, and it said on the top paragraph says that the the villains were more dark skinned than the heroes were. They were. That's um that's common actually. It is, especially if you're thinking like pre civil rights movement. There used to be a lot Mm -hmm. of movies that used to come around. They used to call this sort of the Sambo thing. That's a slur now, so y'all don't use that on the internet. If I see you, I will personally find you. But, um, I will. I would have this in my house. But anyway, we're, um, they used to portray, like, African Americans, the blacker you were, the lazier and dumber you were. So, there were a lot of movies where, God, I think one was called Sambo Town. I'm pretty sure that I watched it for a civil rights class in college. But that basically what ended up happening was it was a whole town where everybody was black but they were lazy which is just starting off stellar uh but a like a mixed race or a white woman kind of shows up and everybody starts being productive it was like the worst thing i'd ever seen oh and it's up there it's up there with a lot of animated movies god help me well we're going to talk about by far the worst uh movie on this list right now uh, the most racist thing Disney has ever produced, uh, to the fact that they won't even sell it anymore in the United States. You can't. But apparently, buy, it was hugely successful. Then. You can't buy this movie anywhere now. Uh, it's called it's... Song of the South. Oh. Came out in 1946. Um, <laughs> that should give you a good indication right there. 1946. <laughs> oh, yeah, no. I mean this movie just has just insane amounts of issues. It. It basically gets to the point of glorifying slavery. Uh, the main character is a black man, but he's not a smart black Isn't man. Isn't he like the happy-go-lucky slave kind of the... Sort of, yeah, sort of. Uncle it's, Tom of the... It, it's, yeah. it's sort of the perspective of I'm in slavery and make the best out of it, but that's because I don't have like the mental capacity to, to, to be upset. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 
and you know the weird part about this is, and just me knowing outside knowledge of this, I, they they used to have like, you know, ru- amusement park rides based on a song of the South and oh, stuff yeah. like that. And I mean, they they go so far as like if you, I think there was a park where there was literally a like replica of a plantation house, and that was one of the attractions. I the park. remember that going there my first time when I was a kid, and that was I think the year they got rid of it. And God, that was not even as a kid. I'm like, this isn't right. Like, yeah, what um, is this? Because I, I was paying attention in school, believe it or not. But yeah, it was like, we built an amusement park around bondage slavery. Oh, God, why? Yeah, it's it's awful. Uh, Song of the South is arguably one of the, well, probably the worst thing Disney has ever done. And yeah, they they definitely stay. They won't touch that with a two-foot pole. Pulling out with a ten-foot cow. Probably. Like, yeah, I wouldn't either. Jesus. Oh, yeah, they won't even, they don't sell it in the United States, like, you can't buy it here. I'm pretty sure there's probably large snippets, if not the full thing on YouTube. Um, the, uh, that that's also opens up a slightly issueable problem. If you can't sell it in video, why would you see it on YouTube? That really undermines the whole point, but... Well, I get, like, the symbolic gesture of not selling it because it means Disney can't make profits from it. Yeah. Um, it's kind of like Nazi Germany not putting swastikas on anything, right? Although, to be honest, though, it's almost not that because they addressed their problem kind of substantially, whereas we didn't. But, yeah, um, Song of the South was bad because of the, the sort of whitewashing mm-hmm. of slavery. So, like, Jim Crow was a good way of looking at it. But, like, a lot of issues, especially with movies that came from the South, was they all embraced what was the, the Moonlight and Magnolias kind of. This genteel Southern hospitality which is real but here's the problem with that uh that they were basically underwriting the role that slavery played in the south by saying look at all these happy slaves they don't want to leave the plantation in their poverty stricken life right because they like it because they they wouldn't be any better right like that's it, yeah. It's so upsetting because it's well, so wrong, but it's like that's just the way they wanted to portray it. Because... There's that classic scene from Django Unchained oh, where they're all sitting at the table and you <laughs> literally have Leonardo DiCaprio's character pulling out a piece of skull and saying this is from a black person's skull because they don't have the capacity to... They're back to the this eugenics is, thing, this right? Is, this is the bone that makes them subservient to us. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, which is that, like all total bullshit. Oh, yeah. Well, and that, like I said, you brought up the fact that they talk about, like, eugenics, right? There were huge, like, movements in the U.S. in the 20s around the same time the Nazis were gaining power. Where in the U.S., especially, I hate to say it in the South, where a lot of fear over mixed-race people, i.e. black and white people getting married resulted in a lot of gang violence like i mean lynching out the ass that 20s was probably the worst time to be an african-american in the south well the 20s was also coincides with the rise of the modern day kkk yeah exactly right your your um stone mountain clans group which you know is just the cheeriest thing we could talk about but hey this is real you know so uh kind of in summary uh there's a lot you can like but Walt Disney and the way that he came out of poverty uh, and the way that he built his businesses and the, you obviously we're not saying you have to be – you can't be happy watching Disney movies today. Uh, but there's also a lot of lessons you can take from this in a historical context, sort of thinking about 
uh, sort of a controversial figure. It's not necessarily, you know, it's not as cut and dry as some pieces of the pieces of the internet might have you think. I mean, he's not Hitler, that's for uh, sure. But if you look at some of the imagery that he uses in some of his films that he was in control of when he was still head of Disney, like obviously Aladdin, he wasn't around for. But all those other ones. Or Pocahontas, we, for that matter. But the other ones we talked about, uh, you know, he was there. So when we talk about things like Peter Pan, Song of the South. Uh, Dumbo, Dumbo, yeah. like all of those, he was uh, in direct control of the company. So if he really objected to any of those things happening, he would have stopped it. Yeah. So, and I, I mean, then that could open up to the idea of social norms, right? That uh, I hate to say, I'm not again a disclaimer that we are not stating that this is true or good, right? But if you've ever had a grandparent that ever held a belief towards a race of people for whatever reason, right? You know, you clearly know that that person holds a racial prejudice, but at the same time, to call them a racist is is kind of an odd, like, title. Because, you know, you, you I usually would say a person is racist if they're openly saying, you know, right now that black people should be separated from white people or something along those lines, right? But, I mean, if you could open up that huge discussion, and it's an ugly discussion of what was social norms at the time, was it that? It probably wasn't, right? Because he, he had the right to say it. It's not like racism was acceptable because it, it just, like, happened, and then all of a sudden the 60s happened, and it was bad, right? No, it was – there were people who did not accept it, right? And they still have to accept that problem. I think Disney has a bit of an issue with that, especially with Song of the South, because it is so flagrantly racist. Yeah, that's it's something they can't live down, for sure. Oh. All right, well, I think uh, next week, Jake, we'll talk about uh, Napoleon. Yeah? Yes! I like it. Talk about Napoleon. So we're going to get this one posted to YouTube just as soon as uh, I can get over my laziness and get it up. So give it <laughs> That's about, what she said. Just give it about a day or so. Uh, and then next week we will be back with uh, an episode about Napoleon. Everybody stay well out there, and we'll catch you next time. Hey, oh, peace.